Support for the Taking Over the World podcast has been brought to you by no one yet because we don't have any sponsors, but definitely working towards it. And if you want to be a sponsor for the podcast, be sure to drop us a line. Visit our website, www.blakethebrain.com. Hey, Guru, turn me up. Taking Over My World is appreciating the journey. Taking over your world means owning it. I think taking over the world meaning that you are making a big impact on the world. Welcome to the podcast where we discuss the pursuit of life goals and the failures and the struggles along the way. And I remember I came home, I couldn't even feed myself. And my dad broke down, you know, being emotional. That's an emotional thing when you see a child who's full of life, like me, have nothing. And so many people are getting to the point where they're like, I just don't know what I'm here for or, or, or what I should be doing, man. Because you take the leap of faith and then things start crumbling. I'm your host, Blake the Brain, and this is Taking Over the World Podcast. Oh, you thought I wasn't official? No, I knew it was going to be official. I just need to get my life together. I need to get more official. Listen. I've been in so many official settings. This, like, what, how long have I been here? What's today? It's, it's Wednesday. Oh, I've only been here one day. It is. <laughs> Yeah, but no, seriously, I've been like a lot of like, um, cause I reached out to people who are like were doing their own thing, mm-hmm. and everybody that like I've done stuff with, their setup was so official. I'm just like, it's so dope. Like people are really doing like epic, epic stuff. Like, ain't nobody playing no more. It, listen, nowadays when I left here, some people was playing. Some was playing. I'm and, back, and, and now they not. Listen, <laughs> if, if, first of all, welcome to the Take It Over the World podcast. I'm here with. Listen, y'all might have seen her on TMZ. Might have been following her on Instagram. You might have even seen her yesterday on QDZ's Fox 20, the QDZ show. Yeah. Am I the right? The Q on Fox. Tell the people who you are. So I'm Lauren LaRosa, guys. Hi. How are you? Um, I'm a television host, vlogger, and going to start acting too. So soon to be actress. I live in LA, but I'm from Delaware. So I'm here in Wilmington right now on this podcast. Thanks for having me. Listen, I appreciate you coming through. And for the people who don't know, today is your what? My birthday. She's I turned 26 today. 26. I, I tell people, we were just having this conversation before we started the podcast. Uh, about people, about what's 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 old. Yeah. And trust me, twenty six is still when I very young. I didn't feel like it was old, like at all. Like when people were asking me, like, "How do you feel?" Like I, I feel the same. Like I feel like I felt yesterday. But then when I just said it out loud, like I'm twenty six, I was like, "Wow!" Like, yeah. uh, twenty six. And this is like, I mean, okay, so today is my birthday. I'm twenty six. But like, this is kind of like a full circle moment for me because when I first went to college. You were one of the people that was like, I didn't even know what it was to be like a host at a college. And I di- I really didn't know too much about HBCU. I just ended up there because I had a mentor. And then when I saw you and a bunch of other people doing stuff, I was like, I want to do that. So this is kind of like a dope moment for me because I always was like, yo, Blake is so dope. Like he does everything. He hosts everything. Like everybody knows him. So I'm excited. Listen, like, this is uh, a good day. I pay, uh, thank you for that plug. Uh, much, uh, I got three dollars for the plug. Three dollars. Oh something. my god! <laughs> nah, Brooke, nah, nah. Brooke, I'm come kidding. Get your money. Brooke, we're, listen. She's saying Brooke is her niece. Yeah. Her niece is right here in the in the in home apartment slash studio. This is slash. Brooke's first interview. Brooke, you want Brooke? You want to come over? You want to come over? No, Brooke is. She's nah, not she, with she's it. She's not. Mm-hmm. She's not having it. No. Now you're back. That's your niece. Um, you're back from LA. Yes. All right. You're out there. You're doing your thing. You're on TMZ. First of all. Shout out for you for first and foremost rocking the Delaware State University shirt, HBCU love, on TMZ. A lot of people didn't get it. Like, 
people well i think probably like the two black people in the room was like oh okay dope. but a lot of people didn't understand i'm like this is kind of a dope moment right here like because there's hardly you know you don't see a lot of african-american people in mainstream entertainment Absolutely. and then i'm here and i'm repping my hbcu like this is dope a lot of people from hbcus like they're not in these rooms all the time and if they are it's like maybe two of us so, so i was you, like i gotta do this right here did you feel like a token black girl I love being a token black girl. Token me all at do it because if you don't understand me, where I come from, my perspective, I can very professionally sit you down and explain it to you. And that's always been like my mission. Like whenever I did internships or whatever, I always was like, I want to go in rooms where I'm the only one. I want to be that voice. Like, let me do that. It's kind of tough sometimes, like finding the balance between like being professional and still keeping your job, but also not losing yourself and making people understand what is like correct and culturally, culturally correct or whatever. But I don't know. It's cool. And I mean, you got a lot of help nowadays because people everywhere care about African-American people and our culture and stuff like that. Ever since Empire, we've been lit. So Empire set it off. Oh, Empire made people rethink all of this. Everything. The, everything. That's why Issa Rae has got a new show. Yes. Um, production oh, yeah. In, in that show as well. Oh, Insecure. Is, yeah. Insecure and Empire. Like. like those shows are like, yeah, they're, they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. And Absolutely. Doing Absolutely. Now, doing it big. Now, first of all, Appreciate the appreciate the love. Now I gotta show the love right back. I watch you from when you first came in and Dell State as a freshman. And certain certain people when they come through, uh, when I'm looking at these these, you know, the younger students when they first come in as a freshman and I watch them matriculate, and certain people I'll be like, yo, they're gonna make it. And I think you came through, um, I'm trying to think of um my guy's name. I forget the one guy's name. It was Jamila Mustafa, who actually came Sh- through on the show. Jamila, are uh, you talking about, is he from New York, the guy? Yeah. Shannon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shannon. 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 And I was like, these people have the energy. It's crazy because everywhere I go, people always, like, when they talk about us, it's always me, Jamila, and Shannon. Like, in that realm of, like, people that were, like, like hosting stuff. A lot of people did stuff, but for as far as, like, hosting stuff and stuff like that, they're like, oh, my God, you, Jamila, Shannon, y'all doing so well, like, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yo, it's so lit because all of us always get mentioned together. Hold on. Th- throw, my, throw, my, throw my lady in there. Um, God, Donna, what is my lady's name? Allie? She's going, no, she's going to, she's going to kill me. Um, I call her, she's a chocolate goddess. India. India. India Sage, I love her. India, I that's my her. girl. Yeah. She, listen, I man, love her. you guys have been putting in work for a long time, right? And you're right here from Delaware. Yes. Wilmington, Delaware. Yep. Born and raised. Yes. In the hood. What and I'm from the town? real Wilmington. Like, people really think, like, yeah. I'm from, like, I mean, not to say that this is not real Delaware, but, like, Middletown. <laughs> like, it's like, no, I grew up on Fifth and Washington, so I really know what happens in Wilmington, like, how it is, how it is growing up here. Like, I understand a lot of stuff, and I think it's helped me be able to, like, push me further, but just be able to understand all different types of people because the people I grew up with are completely different than a lot of the circles that, like, I'm having to, like, get used to and stuff like that, but it's made me such a well-rounded person. And I think it keeps you down to earth, too, because, like, you really know what's up. You've really seen struggle and, like, you know, all that other stuff, so... Nah, if people don't know, man, Fifth and Washington is is the hood. Yeah, listen, it's, it's, I grew up on Pine Street. You grew up on yeah. Fifth and Washington. Oh, you grew up on Pine Street. Yes, yeah, it's, 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 it's as rough as it gets. <laughs> Fifth and Washington is right around the corner from West Center City. It's right over there, um, right off of Fourth Street. Yes, I mean you right there. I mean, I, I ain't gonna front. When I go down Washington Street, me and my brother was crack a joke. When we go down Washington Street, we literally do not stop at the stop sign. Like we're oh. like. Especially now, oh, like no. on one, it's one part you stop at that, like you'd be like, "What is happening in our world right. today? What is going now. on, God?" Listen, <laughs> bless these people. But no, I mean, I think you it's stuff like that, and you joke about it or whatever. But it's crazy when you go other places. Even right here in Wilmington, I was working with uh, Barclays for a while, doing some community stuff with them for like a year when I graduated, and 
you have a lot of these people who are like corporate bankers. They have a lot of money. They, you know, didn't grow up in these situations that a lot of people that we grew up in or people we know, even sitting right there on the riverfront here in Wilmington is such a disconnect. So it's like, like back again to being that voice, like my job there was, no, let me, these people are not going to be receptive to this community outreach because you don't understand them. So like, I think in like, probably like what like maybe five to ten years we'll have more people that are those voices in the world will hopefully start to change because that's what it's going to take because it's not even a think of like i mean racism is real but it's more of a disconnect like there's such a gap and nobody understands it so people like me and you and like the jamila's india like shannon we need more people like that in these rooms like because it changes things it really does absolutely now I'm, and, and i'm gonna just go off a little bit of, off topic a little bit and we're talking about like giving like changing the world and changing all this stuff. Now over at TMZ, I think it's about like what, three black people there too. No, uh, there's more black people. Listen, there. it's you. No. Now, I, now I'll be honest. Like TMZ, I catch it if it's like a big story because I ain't front. I, ain't, but, I don't have no no cable. But well, I mean, we're online. Yeah, yeah, we're it's online. But you only see like the show, which is only two hours of like an eight to twelve hour day, and you only see what maybe ten people out of like a huge staff. There are a lot people always people ask me okay. that too, I and people make that. jokes because sometimes like uh, we like we line up in like one part of the room and they be like, oh, the chocolate. Well, we have our joke as well, but there are a lot more black people. Like one thing I can say about Harvey, despite what anybody else will say about him, like Harvey is very. He's open to learning and wanting to know new stuff. And I think that's why the show works. Because when he's asking questions and he's like, I want to know, he really honestly wants to know. He's interested. He's said it before on the show. Like, he's really intrigued with the black culture and stuff like that. But you only see but so many people. There's more of them in there. There's more black people in there. I know. I know. I was just messing. I was just messing. But coming from Wilmington, Delaware, and I've been following you for a long time. And I know you were were doing modeling. you You were doing a lot. And I actually think you even got behind the camera. Yeah. You got your vlog going. How did you go from Wilmington, Delaware to L.A.? First of all, what made you want to move out to L.A.? Is it becoming like what made you want to do it? Um, Well, my life goal is to surpass Terrence J. Like that he is who I model my career after. So like that was my first thing. But um, I read it. So I was doing a lot in New York. Even when I was at Dell State, I was doing a whole lot interning, whatever, whatever. So I had a lot of connections there. And I really felt like, you know, I can go to New York and I can do it here. But I wanted to challenge myself. And I was in New York where I'm really into fashion as well. I felt like everything I was doing because I I look a certain way and like I'm into fashion was fashion based stuff. But I was like, I want to get more into TV stuff. So, um, so I was like, if I moved to LA, you know, there, all it is, is, is television there. Like, and I knew I wanted to be an actress and stuff like that. And I was just like, I just got to get there. I got to meet these uh, directors, these casting directors, these producers, Terrence J, Terrence J did an interview and, um, I read it and he was saying how he lived in New York when he was uh, first like trying to get on. He did BT 106 in part, but what he loved about LA was you could walk into a room and sit down with some of the biggest directors, producers, and casting directors in the world, people who change people's lives. And it's different submitting a tape or doing a FaceTime call or whatever. So I just wanted to challenge myself. And I I understood the the benefit of me being able to walk into a room and talk to somebody versus them seeing me on camera or reading a resume or whatever. So I was like, I'm doing it. Like, I'm leaving. And I didn't have a job after college either. Like, mm-hmm. It was crazy. Was hustling. I see you. I was a marketing major, and all of my friends, and I was really like in my major. 
you know how you have those people in your department that you're like, oh, they're going to graduate with a job. I was like one of the people that people were very surprised. Like, wait, you don't have an offer? Like, yeah. you're not going to Barclays? You're not going. Everybody was going to Barclays, J.P. Morgan Chase, stuff like that. And I wouldn't have mind getting a role like that, but I really didn't want. Hold on. What was your major in college? Marketing. It was marketing. I thought Everybody, it was mass comm. But that's how I was moving. Everybody thought I was mass comm. But this is what happened. Was in your heart. I did. Your heart. I did mass comm for half of a semester. I felt like in that semester, the classes were not going to get me ready for what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to be like e-news, like very mainstream. And at the time, no shade to they'll say because they really like have bumped up their mass comm program. But at the time when I was taking it, I just felt like if I stay here in this program for four years, I'm going to graduate in. People are, are, are not going to take me serious because it's not connecting me the way I need to. It's not prepping me and stuff the way I needed to. So I was like, what is a really good department here? So I Googled best departments at Delaware State. And I'm already a student. I didn't do this before I was a student because I didn't really want to go to college. So the marketing program was listed very high, the business department. So I'm like, I Googled, can you work in entertainment with a marketing degree? And it was like, yes. And then it gave you a list of jobs. So I was like, cool, that's all I need. I'm going to go get the marketing degree have the business background because I eventually want to run my own business in entertainment. I just don't know what it is. And then I'll connect with the really big companies like the Live Nations, the Radio Ones, through the business department, and then I'll work my way into talent. That's how I thought it was going to go. <laughs> how so, did it really go? <laughs> I mean, it kind of did. Like, I did some of the stuff like that, but I started noticing that when you come in as behind the scenes, you come in as behind the scenes. Like, it's a way, whole different ball game. It's really hard to cross over sometimes because – when they hire you, they're looking for you to do that job. Like, you don't even have time sometimes to veer away from that. So I was like, when I moved to L.A., I told myself, like, I need to stop being behind the scenes and really just focus on me being talented because if not, I'm going to get stuck behind the scenes or whatever. But, yeah, I was marketing because also, too, mass comm majors, I Googled how much you make when you graduate. Then I Googled how much a marketing major made. And I was like, I'm tired of being broke. I need money. So I'm going to go with marketing. It was higher. Like the pay. So you, you you getting that bag out there in LA? Uh, nope, not yet. <laughs> get that so bag. I ended up right back where I googled for the mass comm. But um, I did get to experience working corporate though, and it was pretty cool. And yeah, the money was really good. But you, I don't know. I ended up back where I was trying to not avoid, but I was trying to like cut corners. Like yeah. I thought I could like hustle it and not have to go through certain stuff. But you got to go through certain stuff when you're like chasing a dream. You got to go through being broke, the working jobs you hate, working side jobs just to keep the job you hate afloat, like paying yeah. your dues type of thing. Absolutely. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you just from, from, I would just say from my personal experience, and this is just what I, what I think, to, you know, believes to be true. Like you say, you just turned 26 and I, and I believe your career is just getting started. Like, I mean, just getting started. I know you were putting in, it's like when you, you know, uh, when you go to the gym, you got you can't just go in and go hard. You know, some people can, yeah. but then you're gonna be a little bit sore. So I think it's just a lot of the prerequisites. Like you did a lot of work before, and I think like yeah. right now is the kick. And I promise you, in four years from now, you'll look back and like, yo, that was just the beginning. Yeah. And I know you. I know you have the mentality and the, and the ambition to just keep on pushing and keep on growing. I know you're gonna get great. Gonna blow Thanks. up. You're gonna do big things. You're gonna look back at this interview and say, yo, I need you to come back for another interview, and we will get it going. But um, get out there. TMZ, you moved to LA. Yeah. Tell me about some of the struggles. Oh, wow. Money. The is... real struggles. We diving in. I'll take yeah. it over the podcast. So, we dive into the real thing. So I do this um, on my YouTube channel. That's what started my YouTube channel because one of my major. Can you press that button on the phone? Thank you. Sorry, of... she's she's going live. To all... uh, Shout out to all her live viewers right there. Hey, y'all. I don't know how many people are there. I don't know. But... It, are you modern in the live? I was trying to do Look, she got. Bo- uh, listen. Pulled clip. 
<laughs> the boyfriend is interested. Hold on, we're supposed to say that. No, go ahead. Okay, and look, I don't know because some people would no. you know, they'd be like, no, no, I'm no, Hollywood. I got a boyfriend. Whatever. Not because no shade on you, but it's just, no. you know some certain jobs. Yeah, but boyfriend is in the building. You got a cameraman, everything. Helping me with Brooke. Nah. <laughs> but go ahead. Well, what you was about to say? No, go ahead. We we'll get back to that. Okay. <laughs> um, my my first struggle when I got there was I was a new kid on the block, and LA is not like New York. Like in New York, if you're the new kid on the block, but you hustling. Somebody gonna feel it and they're gonna help you. LA is honestly, I, I really feel like from living there two years, LA is not built for people to come up and win. It's built for people who already are winning to win more. There's a big gap between like the rich and the poor there. Like just everything is very evident. So if you make it in Hollywood, it's, it's a huge success story because it's to me, it's not really built for people to come from nothing and, and get everything. So my hardest thing was being the new kid on the block, coming there with, you know, just the reel that I had built. Um, I was doing on camera stuff for Angela Simmons on the side when I was working for Barclays just to build a reel. And um, I had that reel. So I was like, now what? Like, I'm here. The red carpets are way more serious. The celebrities are way bigger. People only want to sit down and interview with A-list platforms, so I can't interview nobody on my YouTube channel. Like, what am I going to do? So I started telling my story about what I was going through. Like, and that's on my YouTube channel, um, and my YouTube is Lauren LaRosa TV. And I do that to this day. It's called Live in Los Angeles. And it's basically just about, like, what's really good, like, what's really going on. Like, I remember at one point, I moved to L.A. for a job. I was working in entertainment and fashion PR. I hated that job so much. I didn't hate the job, but where I was working at was really, really tough. Like, it was like the devil's where the devil uh, wears Prada times like three. And I remember the day that I quit, I just like walked out. And I was so happy to walk out, even though like I was crying and I was upset. But then reality kicked in. And it's like, I got to still help my friend with her rent, the girl I was living with. Like, I have a car, brand new car now. Like, what am I going to do? Yeah, I had a friend. That was my very first time having a car note because when I was here, I had um, the car that I had. I had a fashion show. I made the money from the show and I bought it off of my aunt. So I just bought it. Yeah. Paid cash for it. When I moved to L.A., because I had went there with the Barclays job at first, I was in Vegas. And then from there, I went to L.A. Um, And then I transferred over into a a different job. I had a little bit more money saved. I think I had like four thousand dollars and. They let me put $500 down on the car. What kind of car was it? A, a Toyota Camry 2000, what year was that? 2014, 15? So fresh, brand new. No, not 14. Yeah, whatever year it was, it was brand new. They let me. My credit was really good because I was here for a year working with Barclays, paying off my student loans, building my credit, blah, blah, blah. Like, I just went back on like a whole new level, like ready, ready. Everything was good, had money. So I have this car note now. I have car insurance. I have... You know, the money that I'm throwing my friend and let me stay with her and all of that just it just hit me all at once. And my mom and my grandma at for a long time, they didn't understand, like, why are you working for free? Why do you keep going to New York and you're not making any money? But when I moved here, I think they got it. not moved here, moved to L.A. I think they kind of got it. But even then, it still was like, why'd you quit that job? Like, but they stay helped out. So my grandma was helping me a lot. Um, my mom was helping me out a lot, too. But it was still like. I was stressed because I'm used to working, having money, living a certain type of way and stuff like that. So it was to the point where, like, I wouldn't even sleep sometimes. Like, I would just be up all night applying for jobs and, like, just really trying to do anything. And then I just told myself, like, this was probably, like, the third week into that four months that I didn't have a job. 
I was just like, you know, you don't have a job right now. You're pushing, pushing, pushing. I was, I was interviewing so much. My friends used to be like, yo, you interview more than we go on dates. Like for job, <laughs> I was seriously four to five interviews a day, every single day of the week, like mm. just trying to get a job. I met so many people just from interviewing for jobs that now, like I have a network just because of the people that I've interviewed with at different companies or whatever. And, um, I was just like, yo, you're doing all this and it's not really working out. My friend that I was living with, to this day, it's like, I don't know if I could have made it through that time if, if I wasn't living with her. She's a very, like, independent thinker. Like, she just opened up her own store. She quit her job. She works for herself. She's in school or whatever. How'd you meet her? I, I had a, a huge fashion show here in Delaware my junior year of college. My junior, yeah, junior year of college. She lives in Jersey. She had heard about the show and came. She brought a ticket in advance, and she came and brought the ticket from me and my friend Javon. So we met her then and just stayed in contact because she was like, oh, I work in fashion. I'm moving to L.A. to go to Fitum. Stayed in contact with her. So me and her had gotten really close because we were just always hitting each other up about, like, just work stuff and fashion or whatever. So when I moved there, she was like, you know, you can – when I moved back, she she was like, well, I got an open room because I was actually going to move into an apartment because I'm like, I got the money this time. I can move into my own space. And she was like, well, you know, I have an open room. Why don't you just move in with me and then, like, you know, fill it out. And then so I ended up staying with her for, like, a year. Um, But she sat me down and was just like, I really think that you're selling yourself short. Like, you need to just focus on your brand. Like, you are a brand. Focus on that and do whatever you can around that to make money. Like, so I made a list of everything that I was really good at. And at the number one of that list was social media. So I was like, why don't I just start managing people's social media at least enough to pay her and pay my car payment. So I was charging brands like five to seven hundred dollars a month to manage all their social media. I built like EPKs for them, their website, just anything. I was even coming up with um, ideas for like photo shoots for certain brands and stuff like that, and they would pay me for it going on set with them. And I made enough money. I was then making enough money to be able to pay her and pay my car payment. I really didn't have much in between though, like the spending and going out and all that stuff. So it was still very stressful, but it got me through. Yeah. And in that time. I did stuff that I had never dreamed. I thought it was going to at least take me like two years to like break any ground in LA. But in that time, I shot my first commercial for a Hyundai. Um, I met an agent. So I got to, we ended up not signing any contracts, but he was willing to like field me. So I went on a few auditions. I got to see how like working with an agent worked. Um, my YouTube channel, I got more consistent with that. I just really did a lot. Like I worked with all dev digital. That was my first time working for a major online platform. And they actually paid me like I, before that I had done everything for free. So I worked with them a few times as like a guest host. They paid me. I was hosting red carpets. I re- I met this girl who introduced me to a website who, although it didn't pay me, it put me on major carpets, like soul train awards, all that type of stuff, all of this within four months. And I had been there for so long and was trying, 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 but I think my focus was everywhere. And when I lost my job, I really had to like gain a, a real good focus and then all that came out of it. But it was just so hard because I didn't have anything like it was certain times where I would have to call home to like my boyfriend or to like my mom or my grandma and just be like, can you just send me money to grab some groceries? Because at this point, like I don't even know how I'm about to eat. Like and then like the girl I was living with, she knew what I was going through. So she would like because she knows I'm not the type of person to really ask for much. If I don't have it, I'm just going to figure it out. Or you got to be really close to me for me to, for you to know that I, I don't have it. So like when I would be going through stuff, like she would know and she'd be like, oh, I got us groceries. Like I'm making dinner and you can't refuse. I'm making this dinner. And I'd be like, oh, OK, cool. And then she'd be like, oh, well, one of my friends needs to go across town. If you ride with me, like I won't even take the gas money. I'll give it to you for gas so you can go out and do your stuff for the week. She really like helped me a lot. Yeah. 
So that was like probably like the hardest thing I, I went through was like not having money, not like it was just crazy. And being all the way from home, like mm-hmm. if I was in New York and I didn't have money, I wouldn't stress because I get on the bus, come back here, have a party, do something, make some money. Being all the way over there. You ain't got money for a flight. I don't you even have money, money for a flight. You like money to eat. Yeah. So it was just like crazy. Like what in the world is going on right now? Like I didn't know what was happening, but that was probably like the lowest point of all of my two years there. Like those couple months. I was like, I am never going to go through this again. Like, this feeling right here, I don't ever want to go through this. Like, I'm going to do whatever it takes because this is real. Like, I don't know how people live like that. Like, I was stressed. Listen, I know we we, we, we talking. This is really good. And I can tell you're getting very emotional. I can see the tears. Yeah, because I was, because y'all don't understand. Listen, it, I, listen, I know. We're going to come back to that. We're going to take okay, a quick commercial break. Go ahead. You, need it, you, you okay? Now, I'm, I might keep going. I love this. You know why? Because that's what taking over the world is. I tell people all the but time. But this is not, it's not sad tears either. It's like, no, it's, 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 it's emotional tears. Like when you're going through something. I was crying yesterday for no reason. I don't know why. I don't know. But it's just like, a, I'm in a, a good place right yeah. now. Like. It's tears of joy. Yeah. You know, I tell listen. I'm I, messing up my makeup. It's all good. You, you got me crying in here, Blake. See, no, this that's why this why I should have been another hour late because you got me <laughs> crying. Listen. Can I get a napkin? We got a napkin over there. Probably ninety five percent of the people are going through something right now. Yeah. No matter what it is. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of people go through their struggles. And that's why I really wanted to ask about your struggles because people just see uh, you know the glitz and glam on on, on our social no media. They don't know how tough it is, and how I'm I'm dead serious. I remember one time, I had to uh, I didn't have no money, and I'm the type of person just like you. I don't I don't want to ask anybody for anything. Yeah, I'm on a fed for myself. It gets to the point where I gotta ask. Okay, cool. Like I mean, it takes a lot for me to ask anybody for anything, and it was I had like some points on my card at like Delaware Park, and that was how I was eating. Yeah, I ain't got no money to get no food. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I'm, I'm going there. Like, hey, hey, what's up? Like, what you want? You same panini? Yeah, give me that panini. <laughs> you know what I mean? Slide my card. You know what I mean? Whatever. Or you know what I mean? It's been plenty of times. Come on, we talk about oodles and noodles. We talk. Listen, we talk about. Yeah, the struggle, it, it's 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 definitely like it's real. Like it's very real. But I also think too, like growing up the way I grew up and like you know just being exposed to like what what struggle is like because it was all around me. Like I I never felt. My mom was a single parent, like, and she did a lot. I never felt struggle or not having or anything, like, but I have, you know, I've just seen a lot of stuff. And then as I got older, I started to realize, like, my mom is a single parent. Like, it's hard for her. So, and I've always had to be the person that has helped her. So a lot of times when I go through stuff, I think the the, the emotion thing and not even trying to be emotional, just getting through it has come from me having to just suck it up. And just be like, all right, I got you, mom. Like, we, I'm about to figure it out. Don't worry. Like, I've always had to be like that person. So I just, I don't even like really. When something goes down, I try not to even like front or because if I if I go into like emotion too much, I get really really emotional, and I don't really have time for that. Like, I gotta think my way through it. <laughs> I gotta hustle my way through it because if I don't, I might have missed a moment. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if yeah. if I had broken down in that moment when I didn't have anything and was just like, because my mom and my grandma for a long time was just like, you know, you can come home. You know, you can come home. But then it got to the point where my grandma was like, no, you're not coming home. And my mom was like, I'll even ship your car out there. You can you can Uber, live in your car, whatever you got to do, but you're not coming home. So if I would have buckled in that moment, I wouldn't be where I am right now. You know what I'm saying? So I've just had to teach myself, like, it's hard, but it could be worse. Absolutely. And it's going to get better. And I still stress out today about everything, but it I gets feel, better. 
And then before we went to break, I know we, I know we got oh, a little God. emotional. I loved it. Trust me. I <laughs> promise you I loved it because that's the real side. And that's one thing we want to do with this podcast. This is why it's called Taking On The World Podcast. It's real. No doubt. I want you to come on. I want you to tell people to struggle because people struggle. Yeah. And you're helping people through the struggle. Yeah. All right. I know I got you for a limited time because we got to get the grandma. Grandma, don't yeah. play no games. Yeah. It's your birthday. Um, couple couple quick questions for you. All right. First of all, how did you let? How did you land the TMZ job? Um, I just applied. They were looking for. I'm a tour guide and a host. So, uh, my main job is the tour guide stuff. So when people come into LA, whether it's like you you yourself by yourself just want to book a ticket and hop on the tour bus, or if you're with like your company or your brand and you guys want like a personal tour hosted throughout the city, uh, we get on the TMZ buses. We host you guys throughout the city. Uh, we run into celebs, interview them, whatever, whatever, and then the show kind of comes an extension to that. Um, but they were looking for guides, and I sent in my reel. And um, I emailed them a couple times, and then they got back to me. And it was crazy because the day that they got back to me, I was a flight attendant at the time. I was flying with Delta. Hold on, you Jamaican? They no. Like 30 jobs. No, I just, I be trying to keep money in my pockets. I'm just right. a hustler. <laughs> and it just, jobs, I don't know. Have you seen that living color? I don't know if you remember that. No, but, too young for that. but my <laughs> friend my friend said that the other day. He said, you you move more than anybody I know. You got more jobs than anybody I know. You sure you're not Jamaican? <laughs> and I was like, no, I'm not. Yeah. But um, you got for, you got to check out the living color, living color sketch. That's where they get it from. Like, they got 10 jobs. I was a mailman. I was a clerk. I was a TMZ host. Yeah. That's where it probably goes. I from. probably would have been a mailman if they would have gave me the job. But... <laughs> Um, I took the job with Delta because I just was like, I didn't have any money and I needed to get back and forth a lot more. Like I felt like I needed to be everywhere. So my friend was like, apply, whatever, whatever. And Delta is really hard to get. It's like almost harder to get into Harvard than to get a job as a Delta flight attendant. And I got it on the first try. So I was like, you know, if I go through this process and I get it, maybe it's meant for me to do this right now. So uh, I did that for a while, but it had gotten to the point where I wasn't able to do much of anything, like because it took over my life. The yeah. first couple of years are not flexible, not as flexible as you would think. Um, so I was moving to my base in Minneapolis. Like I had tried commuting for a while, didn't work. Moving to base the same day, like literally, my landlord had just did the walkthrough to give me my deposit back, signed all the papers, called my Uber to like grab, like take my bags to the airport, waiting for the Uber. I got an email from uh, TMZ, and they were like, hey, like the real, would you, could you hop on a, a, I think it was like Uber or FaceTime, something, one of those call things, um, in about an hour. So I was like, yes. Yeah. So I canceled the Uber, and I was like, I asked him, I'm like, can I stay here for a little bit? Like, do y'all got people coming in or whatever, because I'm about to do a job interview. He was like, no, nah, no, nah, you're cool. So I sat there, I waited. We did the interview. Um, and then after I did the interview, he was like, oh, okay, he looked to hear from me. So then right after I did the interview, I got an email, and he was like, could you come in? And I was like, yeah, sure, when? So they were like, the next day. Mind you, I was supposed to be leaving out for a trip. It's really, really hard as a first-year flight attendant to get off of your trips because you get the like the BS trips. Like, nobody wants to work them. Um, so I was just I said yes, but I knew I had to be at work, but I didn't know what I was going to do. So I put in for paid time off. You almost never get paid leave for a three-day trip as a first-year flight attendant. And I got granted it. I don't know whose phone. Now, don't worry. That's my computer. Oh. Back to the... Look, people like, you, we're here. Yeah, everybody like, what is going on? No, nah, my phone's connected to my computer. Somebody was texting me. Um, but I got granted the days off for the weekend, and I still got to get, get paid for it. And that almost never happened. So then I was able to be there for the... the I ended up doing one interview and then coming back and doing another one. And then they offered me the job and... 
I had to make a decision. So I tried to fly and do both at the same time, but it just did not work. And I had gotten to the point where I was like, being a flight attendant is a really great job and great career for someone. But for me right now, it's just not for me. Like this is for someone who really wants to do this because it does take over your life. It's like a whole nother world. And I was like, I really want to devote myself to television and just go full force and see where it like gets me. So I was like, I'm just going to devote myself fully to TMZ as a tour guide. And this was before I even knew I could be on the show. I was just willing to do anything because I'm like, TMZ is huge. If I get in and I do good, it could lead to things. So I resigned from being a flight attendant, did TMZ full force. Within the first month, I was having a conversation with someone. They were like, oh, you know, we get to like go on the show. And I was like, wait, what? Stop playing. What? Like, no, like, what you, like, I got, do I have to audition? Like, and she was like, no, because you're a tour guide, you get to, you know, work with the show. Um, If they like you or whatever, they'll keep you coming back in there. So we started that like my second month and I started out with like one, maybe two days a week. And now um, I'm doing like four to five days a week. Like for the last couple of weeks, it's been like five days consistent. And then I go and do the tours after that. So if you guys are in Hollywood, come take a tour with me. Um, but yeah, it just shameless plug. Yeah. But no, seriously, it. I'm, I just really I'm sent coming. an email and no, really come and take a tour. Like no, I'm, it's I'm lit. It's like a live show. Like we host you for two hours throughout the city. We take you to all the places where like we broke big stories and stuff like that. It's just lit. I got you. Now, y'all, y'all breaking. You know what? We're going to get up to Tim Lee because I, I have, I know I have you for a limited time. And I want to dive into, like I said, with the podcast, we talk about the real. And you're out there. You've been going through what you were going through. How much did doubt start to creep in? I never had doubt. Like the whole time, I knew. Like, I never said, well, maybe this isn't for me. I, it was more of, God, why am I going through this? And then for like once, I thought, all right, maybe I moved to New York just for six months, do the same thing there, and just hustle up some money and then come back. But it never was like, oh, now time for a lane change. Like, it was always, I, I swear, I, I've never, I never thought about that. I don't think ever in my life I've ever, seriously, I might have jokingly said, why didn't I just go be a banker or something like that or whatever. But I, I don't think I ever doubted it because I just know, like, I know what, where I'm supposed to end up. Hey, man, I heard that. And you out there in L.A.? Now, I got to ask this question because I see a lot of people go out there and and a lot of people go places and they change. Oh. (laughs) You You got me nervous. That's the question. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, You don't know Harvey Weinstein, do you? I'm just. No, I don't know him. Okay, make sure. No, you know Hollywood. No, I don't know him. Uh, My first, like, real. No, no, no. I mean, I've had, like, experiences of things that were just like, I knew they weren't cool. And I just, I got myself away from that before I had to go through anything. But, um,. I worked for a project runway all stars. That's a Harvey Weinstein. Like it's under their company. And I had worked with people who had said different things, but I didn't, I've never. So you never encountered anything out there in LA. I don't, I don't know if you could say on a record or off the record. No, whatever. So nobody has never tried, try anything, right? No, people try stuff all the time. I'm a okay. female. I'm young. I'm like, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. they try stuff all the time, but I'm not stupid. Like, that's another thing of like I'm I'm glad that I was raised how I was raised and I come from where I come from because I'm not dumb. You're not gonna play me. You're not gonna like I'm not I'm not desperate enough for anything to let anybody do or say anything to me. And I know what I'm capable of and I know what I'm gonna do. I've done a lot of stuff. Everything I've done has been because I've worked hard for it. I haven't had to sleep with anybody, let anybody disrespect me or anything like that. So I'm not about to start. Amen. Yeah, I know that's right. Plus, you got a boyfriend who's from the hood and who I know. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Nah, but the real question was, being out there in Hollywood, you come from Wilmington, Delaware, do you think that you became a L.A. girl? You know what those L.A. Mm, girls are? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they 
they walk a certain way, they dress a certain way. Like they yeah. have, from what I hear, I never been out there. They say the LA girls. Never been to LA. I never been to LA. How have you never been? I gotta LA? get out. My guy, Card Dollington's out there. You gotta he went come to Del State. To, I gotta you, introduce you to him. Really? Yeah, it's a couple. I from bear, Del State out there. I only know like maybe four people from Del State out there. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Um, but that's go back to the question. Do you think you became a Hollywood girl? No, I don't think that I become a Hollywood girl. I do think though that I have changed, and I think that now I understand the importance of like personal branding, who I surround myself with what opportunities I say yes and no to and stuff like that. So I'm a lot more particular about what I will involve myself with or who I will lend my time to. But I haven't become like a bougie L.A. girl. Like people come out there all the time that I may have not even really spoken to when I lived here in Delaware, but they're in town and they know I live there and they're like, hey, I'm here. Either let's link up or can you throw me stuff to do? Like let me know what's going on. And I'm willing to talk to anybody too. But I have definitely changed and I had to change because – when you're in L.A., places like that, you're running with people who are, they have a lot more behind them. They have agents. They have management. They have money behind them. They have, you know what I'm saying? Like, they grew up connected. So you got to, the perception is everything. You got to brand yourself a certain type of way so that you can get yourself in these rooms. Now, you don't have to fully change yourself because there are morals and, like, just different things that I have from being here and being other places that I will never get rid of. Like, Absolutely. it's just me. And it makes me authentically me. But I have changed in some points but i'm not like bougie like uh, i can't speak with you i'll connect you with my people like that i'm not like that excuse me sir no sorry i can't speak with you yeah i have to go to tmz i have to go interview nah, no, nah, no. And I mean, honestly i think you, you should change. i think that most people in my opinion i think as long as you change for the better because who wants if you're staying the same that means you're staying complacent or you're yeah. staying you're staying in the same place i always say yes i think one time i had put on facebook as a friend of mine we was talking and they said uh Yo, you changing. I said, yes, I'm changing. Thanks for reminding me that I'm not staying the same. Yeah, you Thank have you. to. You have to change. You have to yeah. evolve. You know what I mean? All right. So what do you think is next for you? Um, I don't know, but I know what I want to happen next. I want to get in a network. So like TMZ is a show and they shoot and they're on Fox, but it's different if I was working for Fox. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like that's what you're saying. I want to get into a network. My goal networks are VH1 and MTV right now, just because I feel like they fit me as a person. Like, I want something that's real, like, millennial, hip, but understands fashion, but understands pop culture and entertainment, but also gives me different opportunities. Like, in a network, you could be a host, and then you work with all the cast and directors, and if you express an interest for acting and they like you, you're now inside, so you know what's coming through the pipeline, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, I kind of want to get in that space because I just feel like, I can maneuver a lot more, just more, a lot more opportunities that are open. And I want to get with a show that, like, I can be full-time contracted on that has me moving and going. Like, I, I like to be, like, on the go and doing different stuff. I want to be, like, at different concerts, hosting the concerts or doing the red carpet for different award shows all throughout the nation. And, you know, like, a lot of networks, they do stuff like that because they sponsor a lot of the big events, a lot of the um, the concerts and the award shows and stuff like that. So they make sure their hosts are there because... Now we don't got to pay talent. We already paying y'all. So I want to do that. There we go. And 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 look, she fell asleep. Look at her. <laughs> She's knocked up. Now you actually said um, you're home. I know you want to come on. I think we're going to do a plug. So what what brings you home besides your birthday and your family? Which I heard you got something going on on Black Friday. Yes. Yeah, so so um, on this coming Friday, well, tonight for my birthday, we're um, my friend is on a party at a lavish nightclub and I'm going to host it for him. So we're doing that. And then on Friday, 
Um, it's like a pop-up shop that I'm having. A lot of people don't understand what pop-up shop is. It's basically like where a bunch of businesses come together and they literally just pop up and set up and sell. So I have like fashion brands, beauty brands, like girls who sell like lashes and different type of makeup products. Um, I have an author coming out, a black author coming out who writes books and she's been like all over touring, trying to get her books out there. Um, we have, um, some performances happening. There will be music. Uh, the place where we're having it is a Caribbean restaurant. It's Bull Bay Cuisine, um, 900 North Orange Street. So their food is amazing. Their drinks. So they'll be selling all their stuff and doing their thing as well. But I'm basically just bringing together like our black-owned businesses, our small businesses who people always say, like, you got to support the businesses. But let's be real. Like, that support means you need to give them some money. Like, mm-hmm. you can't run a business without money. That's what they need. They need the money to keep going. So, Let's put our dollars, like, you know, back into our communities and, like, back into the people who really look like us. Because if these people get somewhere, like, one of my friends, uh, for instance, Milano, she's going to throw some hats in there uh, for the grab bags that we're doing. And Milano had a sweatsuit because her brand is really booming right now. She had a sweatsuit that Meek mentioned in a song and priced it at $500. So she was like, let me see if this really works because people were coming to her store asking for it. Place a sweatsuit at $500. It went viral that day. Like, people were like, who does she think she is? Like, everywhere. People from different states. I was getting, because people know we're friends. I was getting texts from people all over. Like, wow, it's really $500. Like, yo, this not Gucci. This not Louis. And I had to stop people and, and really, because I think before I really understood business and c- trying to build yourself as a business, I probably would have thought the same way. But I see how hard she works. And I see the opportunities that are granted to her because of the audience and the support she has. If a Milano D. Rouge could get into like a Nordstrom or a Saks or something like that, you know how many other small black and really make money there. You know how many other small black owned fashion businesses or businesses, period, could have those opportunities. Like it's like what Empire did. Like Empire got on Fox, black people, black stores, made money, got ratings. Now what are they doing? They want the black directors. They want the black people in the room. They want the black talent because they see we make money. They see what we've already known. Like we're great. We are culture shapers. So I want people to come out and support these businesses so we can help keep the culture pushing, like keep it going. Absolutely. And, and even dive into a, on a more of a uh, serious but not serious. It's like somebody said, is there not Gucci? Who does she think she is? It's like always had a mindset. You'll go pay five hundred, five thousand dollars for a brand who somebody who doesn't care about you, who you don't know, who doesn't understand and you, doesn't support and you. And it's not going to do anything for your community. And if they do, they're writing a check and they're wishing you well. That's like, right. you know, what I'm saying like it's, it's different when you got somebody who really like she's come up through a lot of stuff. You guys have come up like mm-hmm. through. So when she gets to the point where she can fix that because of your support. She's going to be able to do that, but you got to support her first. Like, you got to understand that if she placed it at $500, that's what she values her brand at. And she still got the cheaper tees that you can go and buy as well. But if you have $500 to spend on anything, it should be with somebody who looks like you and who understands you. At least. Yeah, it, it doesn't make sense to me to not want to do it. And her brand is booming. All the big celebrities are wearing it, so why not? Why not, man? Good gosh. Support the black business. As a matter of fact, I tell people all the time. It's like you go to the Chinese store. We grew up in the hood, so a lot of people, you was going to the Chinese, Chinese store. store. I have, missed that in LA. No, forget it. Okay, because have you ever seen a Chinese store support the hood? No, they don't. Never. You're right. I have. I grew up playing Stormy Classic. They don't basketball. even give the the bad kids that hang out in the Chinese store. They should give them a job. They don't. They don't. They never. You know what you're right. They have never given. They back it's to only the only their people. But I mean, if people really paid attention to the way they move, they support their people. Oh yeah. Oh no. I didn't they, say. They, people, I didn't say they, they weren't smart. I just say they don't give it to us. And that, but that's our problem in the black culture. We diving into some 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 real. Some real stuff. It's like 
Jay Z said it. You know, talk about the Jewish community. Yeah, it's one thing that they oh. do. It's like save an example of me and you. We talked about this the other day, like the like Jewish people and oh, yeah. how they they work with each other and they build up the money amongst themselves. And if one falls, everybody helps that one person. Pick them up. up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like I think they was talking about it. Uh, you seen it on Facebook about um, the two black restaurants that that um that went out of business for whatever reason. You know what I'm saying? And people was like. Uh, we need to support them. Like, well, how many, how many, how many people do support them? Yeah, you go into Chinese stores, you go into McDonald's, you go on all these stuff, and then as soon as this business does succeed, they be like, oh, just another black business. But you didn't support this black yeah. business. It's like everybody saying free meek and, and all that stuff. So, are you out there rallying? Mm-hmm. Are you out there supporting? You know what I mean? Were so, you even buy? Did you buy the album? Did you buy the album? Yeah, and I think that's the big thing too, because I think it comes free meek. before. <laughs> but a lot of us though, we're from Delaware, so like we've been supporting meek. Yeah, but yeah. like a lot of people, it's just like. I don't know. People hop on bandwagons, but I just feel like if you're going to hop on a bandwagon, people really need to understand the importance. And one thing, too, a lot of people don't do business with black businesses because of the unprofessional like stuff that happens sometimes, mm-hmm. which is it's a fall off because it's like I've been in situations where I've dealt with people, black owned businesses that I was like, yo, this experience makes me not want to come back here again. But I think, too, it's like you said, other communities, when their people fall, they pick them back up. So, like, one thing that I'm going to offer to the vendors after the the whole, like, experience that we're doing on Friday is just, like, look, let me let me sit down with you and let me, let's talk about your goals and what you want to do or whatever, whatever, and bring me on a team. Like, let me help you further develop this business because if you got people willing to buy your stuff here, mm-hmm. you got something, but you, you need people to come in. So, I think that that's also, too, a big thing, too, is, like, we got a lot of people that look like us that are very smart very intelligent that working for like the the jp morgan chases the bank of americas and there's nothing wrong with that because you're learning and you're growing but you got people in your own community who don't understand finance but got money mm-hmm. so it's like if you could give that back to your community how much more could you progress and then open up a lane for your own self like Absolutely. you know what i'm saying like Absolutely. people don't really get that they don't really understand it. it's like them versus us thing even within our own community oh so. that's what it's always been i mean yeah. that goes back to the whole slave mentality pinning us us up against each other but that's a whole nother conversation yeah for yeah. two more minutes before you gotta go really quick before you gotta go I'd like to do like a like a call and response answer uh i thought something you just tell me the first thing that pops to mind okay are you ready yeah all right l boogie i just gave you a nickname don't worry about people it people always give me that nickname and everybody always thinks they're the first person to do it i, 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 I get a different nickname then <laughs> yeah people always uh, go go do another double one. l yeah you got that Mm-hmm. I get L Boogie Double L L and then Low and Low Low is just my family. I right, come with something creative then. By the end of this podcast, it's fine. You can say L Boogie and say that you gave it to me because people do it all no, the time. No, I got to be original. Okay. I come up with something though. Bro, just let me know. L Money? Yeah. L A. L A. Yes. Okay. Mm. Look at you. Mm. <laughs> you smart. Uh-huh. <laughs> all right. First thing. Tell me. What is your greatest mistake? Do I have to answer that in one word? No, no. Oh. Uh, my greatest What's mistake. What's the first thing that pops into mind, though? Not saving money. That, Go ahead. Oh, that's the first thing I thought of. Like, my greatest mistake was not sa- not saving money. Like, throughout these times when I've had extra money to do it, and I just was like, oh, whatever. Um, And when I first graduated from college, my mom, my family does, like, uh, they rent apartments and stuff. My mom told me that year that I was working here, she was like, you have a really good job. You're making a lot of money. Your credit is good right now. Buy a property. Buy a property. And I was just like, no, I don't want to buy a property because I don't want to live here. And if I leave, you're not going to manage mine because you're working on yours. Like, And I don't feel like that. Now that I'm out there, um, I wish I would have listened because I would have had that foundation. I really do not like working for other people. Like, it just... 
I hate applying my energy and my thoughts and my time to someone else's something. Um, so I wish I would have. That's probably one of the things I always think about, too. Like, I wish I would have listened to her because by now it would have been basically almost paid down because homes here are, like, really, really cheap in the city. And I probably would have had some, like, you know, now some payroll coming in of my own. All right. So tell me what was your greatest decision? My greatest decision was to go to college, to go to Delaware State University. Amen. Last question. L.A. Yes. What does taking over the world mean to you? Uh, taking over the world means a lot to me. Actually, my senior year of college when I didn't have any job offers, so I thought, because I actually did, I just wasn't checking the right email. That's a whole nother story. Um, when I didn't have any job offers, you know, senior year of college, when you're sitting in class, every teacher, with beginning of every semester, when you intro yourself, they're like, and what are your plans after college? Everybody would stand up like, well, I have, you know, uh, a verbal offer from here, and I received an offer from here. And then they get to me, and I just be like, I'm going to take over the world. Like, seriously, that was my, and my friend, like, the teachers would be so pissed, and my friends would be like, no, she's she's really serious. Like, I'm going to take over the world. And they'd be like, oh, okay, so how are you going to do that? I'm going to move to L.A. Before what? we, before we get out of here, look, I got a T-shirt for you. Oh, this thank the, you. You said you wanted to take over the world. It's pink. I think this could fit you, right? Yeah, I'm if little. If not, we'll get to a bigger size. Yes, I'm it's little. It's nice little pink. This is Taking Over Your World. It's your T-shirt presented to you from us here at Taking Over the World Studios. Make sure you wear it on TMZ. No, oh, I'm, I'm going I'm, to. I'm, you don't have to. No, I'm going if to. If you do. I'm going to. Okay. And I'm going to tag Shameless you. Shameless plug. And I'm going to tag you. I tag? got you. That look good with a blazer. Black blazer. A black blazer on that joint? We got white shirts, too, but the pink really fits. Okay. You got it? Yes, I got you. Take it over the world podcast. This is the third sign off that we did. <laughs> <laughs> we got to hit chip. Thanks. Oh, that was dope. Once again, I would like to thank you guys for taking the time out to listen to today's podcast. Really quick, do me a favor. If you haven't subscribed, please go do it right now. Head on over to our website, www.blakethebrain.com. Hit the podcast section and be sure to subscribe to make sure you receive emails every time we post an episode of the Taking Over the World podcast. Also, if you know someone who will be a great guest for the Taking Over the World podcast, be sure to drop us a line on the website in our message section. Also, if you want to, man, you can just email me at t-o-t-w podcast at gmail.com.